In a week that migrant benefits are being discussed at the highest levels by the EU, a plan to charge migrants for healthcare are being criticised in an editorial on thebmj.com. I'm Duncan Jarvis and I've come to Canary Wharf in London to meet Lucy Jones, who's UK lead for Doctors of the World and one of the co-authors of that editorial. Lucy, thanks for talking to me today. Pleasure to be here, thank you. Um, so, this proposal is to start charging non-UK uh, residents uh, to access healthcare. Can you take us through what the sort of government's plan here is and, and how it's meant to work? So there's actually been charges in place for quite a number of years now, since I think 2004, where some people have been charged for some secondary care services. Um, But those charges have always excluded A&E and uh, infectious diseases. But they have uh, included services such as maternity services in hospital. This later phase is about extending charges to other NHS services. um, And they're asking about whether they should charge for primary care services, which um, they have said will exclude GP and nurse consultations, but could include any other services. Uh, Charging for accident and emergency services, charging for non-NHS providers, and also for out-of-hospital providers. They're also asking whether they should charge for prescription drugs at a a different rate for uh, tourists and visitors, um, and also about ophthalmology and dentistry. So a really broad range of potential charges coming in there. Um, and what's the, the purpose of this? Are the government trying to recoup money? And if so, how much do they project that this is going to actually save the NHS? The Migrant and Visitor Cost Recovery Programme um, came about in 2014 with the Immigration Act at that time. And then it was very connected to Home Office and Immigration Enforcement. Um, But as the programmes progress, the Department of Health have taken a stronger lead and they very much say it's about saving money and recouping money from people visiting. They want to recoup about £500 million as part of the whole programme. But this element of the programme, all of those services that I've talked about, is estimated to save about £60 so quite a small proportion of the overall programme. And I suppose a, a big problem with that is we don't have an infrastructure in place at the moment to kind of collect our money at the front line from from people that's just not how we expect things to work in the UK so um, do they have any sort of costs associated with actually setting up doing that kind of uh, money collection? Well even within that 60 million that they're saying that they could save um, they haven't really quantified the cost of asking people the question all they've quantified is, and I think it's an extra minute or an extra minute or and a half per person, um, either at A&E or at registration with a GP surgery. But we know in reality what the experience is like for pregnant women who go and get asked the question. Actually, it opens the door to a lot of confusion, a lot of reassurance required, lots of conversations with clinicians. 
the impact assessment hasn't talked at all about the impact on clinicians' time. Um, and it also hasn't talked about the impact on people presenting much later for care. And we see at the moment with pregnant women that they're presenting much later on. And even when they do, they're frightened to engage and often uh, start to withdraw from services as soon as they're asked about their status and about a bill. Mm. Um, and sort of leading on from that, um, you're head of the UK programme for Doctors of the World. So what is it that Doctors of the World do in the UK and what is your concern particularly over you know, this um, bit of legislation? So Doctors of the World are an international NGO, but we have programmes in lots of countries, lots of European countries, and many of our programmes focus on migrants who aren't able to access the mainstream service. And we see the impact of policies by different governments in different countries and what we try to do is get people into the mainstream service. So at our clinics in London and Brighton, we have volunteer GPs and nurses, and they offer an sort of initial medical consultation on the day, but we also then negotiate GP registration for people. And the people who come to our clinics are people who are extremely vulnerable. They're often destitute. Many of them have experienced torture, abuse, they might have been trafficked. They really are the people living on the margins. And we see that these kind of policies, whether it's an intended consequence or not, really do impact on the most vulnerable. And at the moment, we can get people to register with a GP and we can encourage them to go to A&E. But under these proposals, we would not feel confident in being able to do that. And really, the last places of safety for these people will no longer be available. Mm. So is it the money that's the concern for these people or is it kind of entering official paperwork and being sort of registered as, as someone who is an, uh, an undocumented migrant or, you know, what are the concerns? Well, there are many concerns. I think um, often the primary concern for the people we see is about their immigration status. Often they fled a country, they feel here that they're at least somewhere where they're, they're not at immediate danger but that if they come into contact with authorities, then they may well be sent home or they may have had really bad experiences of authorities in their home country. Um, and also the, the fear of receiving a, a bill is, uh, is another reality that I see many women who receive a letter saying, you're going to get charged £6,000 for your care. And no matter how many times I say to them, it will be okay, we will help you negotiate that, you know, the fear of not being able to pay that bill means that many women um, don't go to their appointments or try and disengage, see how little care they can access to try and reduce the amount of the bill. Um, or people who, for example, I know people who've needed cancer treatment, again, they've just completely withdrawn from care because they're worried that they can't pay. Um, and earlier you mentioned that it's also infectious disease that um, might be charged for under these things so is there going to be a sort of public health impact um, potentially I know there are problems with TB in London and things like that so, so is that a concern? So the Department of Health will say that they're exempting all infectious diseases from charges um, and that's in place at the moment for secondary care treatments say HIV for example um, but what we see is that people don't 
arrive at a GP surgery or at hospital with I've got an infectious disease stamped on their forehead um, and actually the people who come to our clinic um, are already frightened of presenting with whatever symptoms they might have so the idea that you can treat infectious disease as a separate issue um, and that will be okay just isn't borne out in reality and in a GP surgery if you can see a patient but you can't do a broad range of diagnostic tests how are you going to know whether they've got an infectious disease or not and if people like the people who come to our clinic are being asked lots and lots of questions before they even present then you know it's unlikely that they're going to turn up um, particularly if they have low level symptoms like a cough or something like that. Mm. And what about things that are kind of NHS provided but not paid for like sexual health services how would they be covered under this? Uh, So sexual health services are exempt from the charges as it stands so obviously we'd want that to continue Um, but they're not clear about what other services they might want to charge for So at the moment, um, everything's up for debate. So that could be services provided by charities. It could be hospices. uh, It could be termination of pregnancy services. Um, So we're really concerned that obviously these organisations don't have any of the uh, mechanisms in place to charge people. And actually they're intended as a community resource, a low threshold that anybody can feel welcome to enter. So the idea of them having to ask about people's status at the point they present to these services sort of really defeats the object of them existing. Mm. Um, Now, uh, as you mentioned uh, at the beginning, this is started off life as part of a sort of immigration act and now the NHS is leading on it but they're sort of continuing on um, that trajectory. Um, Presumably the plan when it was an immigration one was about sort of trying to to reduce people entering the country. Um, What do you think is the point of this NHS one if it's going to be costly to to implement and the the returns will be so little and it will be you know the the sort of moral side of it as well. I think that public opinion um, is, is it's I think that it's fairly widespread public opinion that um visitors should be charged for healthcare when they come here and I can completely identify with that opinion if we could implement a system whereby we could charge visitors and short-term migrants in a way that didn't impact upon vulnerable people in the ways that I've described, then you know we wouldn't have a problem with that. But the reality is that in the UK, we're just not able to set up those systems in a way that's cost-effective or that makes sense. And what we see in the population in our clinics are people who have migrated because they're fleeing war, they're fleeing poverty, they want a better life. It's nothing to do with healthcare. They don't know anything about the health system or what the entitlements are. And frankly, it's so complicated across Europe that I can barely keep track of exactly what the entitlements are. Um, so I think the evidence that people are travelling to use health services is really, really limited. And the reality is that it's just um, not worth the risk here in the UK. Mm. I think that's a really nice point to end on. Um, the other thing I suppose we should ask is, because you, you say it's the most restrictive in Europe, is there anyone who's actually trying to implement this in a way that would save money for their health system but would, you know, successfully exempt and protects people who are vulnerable? What we see across Europe is um, complex bureaucratic systems 
cause exclusion. So in whatever way you're trying to protect people, people, if there's any kind of mechanism for checking somebody's status, for limiting access for some people and not for other people, then people fall through the net. Um, so in a lot of countries, pregnant women and children are exempt, and that is certainly something we'd be asking for here in the UK. Um, but it's not a, it's not a um, golden bullet. When we still see when pregnant women and children prevent, present for services, that they still get turned away because of all the confusion in the system. So really, I think. Um, Again, it's just not worth differentiating between those groups. The value of doing that is so small, particularly for these sort of disparate services that we're talking about. Can you envisage a system that actually works? Do you have any sort of suggestions to to improve this legislation if it's in consultation at the moment? I think what we would say is that the the least harmful bit of the proposal has been the introduction of the surcharge. So that's an amount of money that people pay when they apply for a visa coming to the country and that enables them to access healthcare. Uh, I think that that's the best way to focus on recouping money. I think that anything that requires clinicians and frontline staff to implement new systems specifically for this very small element of the population um, it's just not worthwhile and when you look at the impact assessment for these new proposals it really starts to look like it's not stacking up. Um, for example it would require prescribers to have two prescription pads one for people who are ordinarily resident here and one for visitors and migrants. In reality that's it's not going to happen and if it does happen it will be applied in a very variable way and is likely to lead to claims of discrimination and put clinicians in a really really difficult position. Mm. So if such effectively a surcharge when people enter the country is like the NHS you're spreading the cost across of all the immigration across the people who are applying through the visa route and that seems like a in, fitting with the ethos of the um, the NHS mm. as it stands at the moment. Mm. Exactly and you're targeting the right people, you're targeting the people who are coming here to visit who have resource to travel here uh, rather than the people that we see who are living here who are destitute and vulnerable and need our help not to be asked about whether they're going to pay for the service. To read more about the plans and why doctors fear that they will harm patients, read the editorial Extending Migrant Charging into Emergency Services, now available on the bmj.com. <laughs>